My calendar tells me that today is December 20th. Somehow, somehow, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Christmas is just a few days away, and right now I'm just taking the calendar's word for it. I mean, I'm familiar with the evidence. I've seen the windows on Madison Avenue, the greenery and the lights. My halls are decked at home. We've lit the candles on our Advent wreath. I may have even been overheard singing carols, maybe you too, and it is all comforting, it's all good. But I hope I'm not alone in feeling that it's all strange. It's just strange, like my head is struggling to work its way down to my heart, or what's in my heart hasn't made it fully up to my head. The calendar says that the hour is drawing nigh, that the days are surely coming, that this season of waiting and expectation and repentance and grief will soon draw to a close in a blaze of dazzling light. But it doesn't quite seem like it. The season of waiting and repentance has been a lot longer this year, with an end date that seems to get further away the closer we draw to it, it feels a lot more like the 40th Sunday of Advent to me, but it is the fourth, and thank God, because our preparations, however strange, have brought us finally to Mary. What a scene is portrayed in this moment. The angel Gabriel has been sent by God to a poor young woman in a real backwater kind of town to tell her that she will have a baby a fulfillment of the most sacred prophecies of her religion. Her child will be the son of God and ascend to a sacred throne. It's a lot to take in just for us readers and hearers, let alone for Mary herself. But she listens. She's a bit perplexed. She has a few clarifying questions. Then she says these words that have been rattling around in my mind. Here am I a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let it be with me according to your word. It is kind of a staggering thing to say, this assent, this acceptance of her life being turned totally upside down, her agreement as a vulnerable young woman to be made even more vulnerable. Let it be with me according to your word. I think it feels all the more staggering to read this now in the midst of a global pandemic. It feels strange to hear this as any kind of spiritual model in a year that has demanded that we relinquish all control and painfully shed so many expectations. At the risk of being alone in this sensation, I will say that it is profoundly unsettling to me in this moment to imagine a spiritual life with this kind of total ascent at its core. So imagine it, we must. Mary heard all that the angel had to say and accepted it, agreed to it, an acceptance that meant putting her whole life, her very body, in God's power. Considering this powerful ascent, I think it's important to remember that Mary and Joseph, too, 
are not so profoundly different than us. It may feel like that goes without saying because talking about the incarnation means talking about all our human stuff. But our modern lives look so different than theirs did. I think we can trick ourselves a bit into thinking that our lives are more complicated than the lives that we meet in scripture. I think we do so much singing about meek and mild, our renderings of Mary as a new mother are beatific and rather silent. So our vision of Mary and Joseph by the manger side can be exaggeratedly simple, as if their life was a blank slate ready for Jesus to arrive. But they were poor, not bored. Their lives were just as full of relationships and obligations, aspirations. The form is different, but the content is the same. It's one of those things that I think we may know academically, but I think we need to feel it deeply, that Mary had just as much to lose as any one of us would if God called on us. Yet Mary says, here I am, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. It's shocking, really, the courage of Mary's agreement, her acquiescence, it is an intimidating example that's set for us. But Mary's voice doesn't stop here. Immediately after this portion of Luke's gospel, Mary goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, she and her sixth month who is said to be barren, who is now preparing to give birth to John the Baptist. And when Mary greets her cousin, she sings to her, proclaims to her, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She prophesies that God has cast down the mighty from their thrones, has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. Barbara Brown Taylor says you can always tell a prophet because their tenses are a little off. Mary is declaring God's deeds of power and the transformation of the social order in the here and now. It's a done deal. A season of waiting for God's action, it is not. And we need to hear that prophecy. We need the Magnificat to understand the Annunciation. Because the spiritual example set for us by Mary is not simple acceptance, but discernment. Discernment is acceptance with teeth. She says yes to God's vision as a woman of faith, it was a vision she had spent her life considering. She has stakes in the realization of God's justice. So could she place her body, part of her autonomy, so fully in God's hands? As a Jewish woman, she knew her body was already in God's hands. Her life was already in God, and God's life was already in her. The way, the very breath, the very ruach, of God is in each one of us. Whether this is the fourth Sunday of Advent or the 40th, the question for us, the challenge for us, could not be more timely. How do we say yes to what is of God? Living in the midst of crisis and even when we fear the stakes, how do we say yes to what is of God? How do we hear and discern God's call on our life to repent and to, and to turn to him. 
This question feels so crucial to me now. We need the example of Mary's discernment and acceptance of her complicated human life, her strong and courageous faith more than ever. There is too much talk these days about the new normal, too much pressure to do all that we can to make it seem like business as usual. In trying to live through this pandemic with our sanity intact, I think we have accepted far too much. The new normal looks too much like the old normal. It's the same pressure to work and produce and perform, the same disgusting inequality, the same unequal resources among school children, among workers, and the path of the virus can be traced through our essential grocery and retail workers, through our food supply chains, through our homeless shelters, and through our jails. It's even the same relentless consumerism that always chokes this holiday, but this time the ads all have people in masks. We are all just trying to survive. We are all just trying to get through this. But there is no comfort in the new normal. There is only Jesus and the new life that can be born in us, that we can bring to the world if we follow him. It's hard for the holiday season to feel so strange, so unfamiliar in so many ways. But I believe that that is our discernment at work, our faith at work. We do not have to make peace with COVID and our broken system to survive it. We don't have to settle for what is, even if it's a struggle sometimes to stay open, to catch God's vision of what's to come because the best that we can imagine is never the best that can be. Because there's one thing I missed, one part of Gabriel's message, and I cannot but think it helped play a role in Mary's own discernment, in Mary's acceptance. At the end of everything that Gabriel has to say, every explanation, every detail, every miracle, Gabriel says, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And that is what gives me so much hope this season, that Mary's faith, Mary's courage could be ours too. My hope is that there is still promise in our Advent waiting, still joy coming in the morning. Nothing is impossible with God, and that is how when Christ comes, he might find in us a mansion prepared for himself just as ready as his father's house of many rooms. God is calling us, like Mary, to catch God's vision, not of how we get back to the way that things were, but of how we move forward into, into what can be. And how do we carry our brothers and sisters and siblings safely along with us? God's messengers have come and are coming, telling us not to be afraid, that we too might sing like Mary, that we too might discern our life of faith through crisis, that even in our waiting, we can know that even in the darkest days, new light will come blazing into being. For as God says through the prophet Isaiah, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it?
may it be so. Amen.